listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Oh, hey there, listener. Um, can you do me a favor? I know you're listening to this podcast right now, but I mean, you can, you, I was going to say pause, but you don't even have to pause. You're probably on your phone or on a computer. You could, while you listen to me talk, go on to your social media platform of choice, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I don't care, and say, hey, the 90s podcast is great. I like it. It's the best. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you like 90s and you want to hear more of it, do subscribe to the patreon.com slash 9to5cc page at the 90s deluxe level. We have a bonus episode that goes up every episode or goes up the Friday after every 90s. And on this week's bonus episode, we talk about the scariest movies as measured by the heart rate of the watcher. We also talk about some Spirit Island and dead celebrities. But on the main show, the show you're listening to right now, we talk about the Buffalo Bills, Willie O'Ree, James Webb sa- Satellite, not Satellite, Telescope. Uh, we talk about Russia and Ukraine. We're very, very misinformed about that. We talk about wrestling in North Korea, the dark side of the ring television show, Boba Fett, Peacemaker, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we throw the Eternals on the list. All this is baby. everything it's the so, best time for it we're they doing say, it you say zag get on the road <laughs> take that um so i feel that we should announce right off the bat if you are a subscriber to garbage time scott will not be on this episode of garbage time which is a real shame because mismanagement of garbage time is basically the talk of the entire internet right now is it yeah oh yeah what thanks to the buffalo bills <laughs> So the Buffalo Bills had like a lead in a NFL playoff game last night. We're recording on a Monday, so on Sunday. Um, and all they had to do was like run a shitty garbage time play to run the clock to win. Instead, they messed that up. Uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. San Francisco uh, scored a field goal, pushed it to a tie game, and then everybody found out the f- absolute folly of the NFL's overtime rule, which is it's a coin toss. And if you win the coin toss, you get to play first. And if you score a touchdown on that play, the game is over without any chance of retaliation. Hooray! Huh. <laughs> what a dumb overtime. If they don't even get to, like, answer back. Like, you sure, if they run a play and get, like, stuffed or whatever, it would be like a shootout if the first shooter scores, game over. Like, with no chance to, like, the other team to score. And who goes first? Determined by coin toss. So it's not, like, last team that scored or anything. There was nothing in the game that determined who went first other than a coin toss. So the Buffalo wow. Bills were eliminated from the NFL playoffs because they couldn't manage their garbage time. Mm-hmm. Is, is that surprising? I don't, I don't know how they are. I don't know the first thing about American football. Well, Buffalo Bills are kind of a comedy of errors in lots of ways, but it, it's, like, it's beyond stupid that they could not manage their, their own, the, like the third, manage the clock for 13 seconds to just run the clock and literally like, Ah, I see. That's what it was. They they should have run the clock, and then they would have. Uh... They would have been fine. Right. But instead, Scott, they went for a field goal or something. Um, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I've <laughs> mostly heard other people from other sports talking about it. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it was they they had possession, and inst- and then like instead of taking like a, a really like deep defensive play where you just run the clock, aka garbage time. 
Right. Uh, they failed to do that or either like didn't play solid enough defense. So maybe like turn the ball over or something like they messed that up. Then it went to overtime and then it was the stupidest overtime. Well, everybody got familiar with how stupid the NFL overtime rules can be. Right. And like, this is determining who goes to the, you know, Super Bowl. So. Hopes and dreams. That's Buffalo. They're, they're a sad sack, hopeless team. If it could go wrong to anyone, it goes wrong to the Bills. Yeah. I, I I enjoy that the Bills fans are like, what the dumb overtime rules? And I'm like, I get it. The rule overtime rules are very dumb, but you you had your fate in your hand and then messed it up to get to overtime, right? Like, and, and those rules aren't new. Those rules are decades old. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, I think I think the NFL has kind of uh, people were just saying like it happens so rarely that just no one realized <laughs> like, like it's just like, it was so rarely a thing. And then it's rarely ever been a deciding factor in a consequential game. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, whatever, we're just going to sleep on this old rule. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And we could be revised if we thought about it for about five minutes. I mean, teams don't score on every possession in football. Yeah. So going first is an advantage, but it's not a crazy advantage. Right. Football defenses stop the rush. Most should, possessions. right? <laughs> like, yeah, defense yeah. is is more successful than offense. But a team that just defensively screwed up garbage time is not in a great place to screw up a rush. Well, I mean, garbage time is the offense. It's for the defense to come out there and screw it up too. Mm. That's special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this so what happens though like like so so normally it just trades back and forth until someone scores scores a touchdown because apparently if you even if you score a field goal then it goes back to the other team and the other team can score a field goal to like push the ot or they could score a touchdown to win yep so yeah it's so weird why would they not just go back and forth twice I, I, the, I read a thing at some point time. that the rules of, of American football are like impossible to know. There's like sections of the rule book that are just kind of like the umpire will figure it out. Not the umpire. The referee is going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like, you know, they, they I don't know what the what the purpose of it is other than just to be an excuse to like help games go one way or the other. I mean, I feel like in the NFL, the rules are probably more absolute than the nba or apparently the they're, they're so elaborate though that it's like understanding them perfectly is impossible sure yeah i mean baseball is a little bit like that too do you think it's like it's to mm. prov- it's to make sure that like only giant nerds can like coach teams because it's like maybe like making a magic deck <laughs> you know you're just like trying to put together like complicated like knowing complicated rules and like and figuring out how to like win within those rules. Yes. It's yes. probably also a function of how like how old the game is and how heavily played it is cuz no matter the rules somebody's going to find a way to abuse it. And then you run into the situation where you've made a rule, somebody finds a way to re- to abuse it and then you got to patch it and then it just happens again and again and again until the rules are incredibly complicated and fucked up. I mean, Which, that's every pro sport. Yeah. Yeah, which which blows my mind, though, because especially in football is like I just I never understood. Like how football is like America's like one of the like, you know, like, oh, like we get together at Thanksgiving and play football. And I was like, but there's so many rules, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, I get it. Like you're just playing like a little like a pickup game. You're throwing the pig, throwing the old pigskin around. But like 
you're not even playing like any kind of approximation of the game. Like a hockey game, you're like, yeah, that was holding, that was whatever, and everybody can kind of agree on it. But like, there's no like, you have to have paint lines on the field in your backyard or whatever to like measure where the downs are. And then like, Mm. I don't know. It's a lot of work, I think. Versus like basketball, shoot the ball at hoop, hockey, shoot the puck at net. Like football is like- More work than than making a skate rink. Oh, no, 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 no. But like street hockey. Right. No, you can play football just four downs and you, you turn over possession. Like you play street hockey. I guess. But then you don't like you don't want to tackle because you're playing with your little brother and like all this stuff and like you know I thought it was three downs. <laughs> Canadian John. That's right. right. Sports just sports jokes from John. <laughs> That's what you come here for. <laughs> As opposed to the nonstop seven straight minutes of NFL coverage. Yeah. My <laughs> bread and butter right there. That's I mean, it's just the, the my my news feed exploded with just suddenly football commentary and i was like it's not the super bowl yet this usually doesn't happen until like super bowl i don't don't follow that many sportos let's bring it back to more familiar territory but still related um i don't know if i would understand football half as well as i do if it wasn't for john madden football games yeah people were talking about anyone who's ever played madden knows how to run the clock buffalo (laughs) i mean yes (laughs) you don't need to be a football fan to have figured this out but Uh, i'm not sure that i would be able to tell you the difference between a nickel and dime defense if it wasn't for years and years of playing madden on every system pretty sure whenever i played those games i was just like blitz 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 i don't know that i ever did john i really kind of think that you might like old Super Nintendo Madden games. I don't think they're that far off from League of Legends. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't there also like a, like a, a, a beloved game called just like Football Manager or whatever, where it's like just the spreadsheets? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. but like, that's, that's actually soccer. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was just like, someone was like saying like, there's like a, 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 a huge support group of like our support group like a following of a game like a i thought it was an nfl game but whatever it's just it's just a sports management game where there is no graphics it is just like the results drafting what training regimens and stuff you have put on what plays you run this and that developing people drafting people to fit to your play style and so on and so forth and then it's like simulate game and then it gives you the score and then you move on to the next week planning your lineups and stuff that sounds awesome honestly (laughs) It's it's like early civilization, but football. <laughs> I don't remember which WWE game it was, but there was one of the WWE games that had that mode, and I loved it. <laughs> Just like had manager mode where you could wrestle the matches, but you could also just sim them. And you so you could like, you like book the matches and then you book like backstage angles, like who you interview. And then you like book who runs in and like does whatever. And you try to like, it was basically that game that you play on phone, but you know, on a full fledged mm-hmm. wrestling game where you're trying to like book to a feud for a pay-per-view to get the fans over and whatever you introduce a new guy, like in the weeks in, that he's coming up, you like play video packages for him and stuff. The only way that would be extra amazing is if Vince McMahon every now and then would give you a new assistant general manager who was a comedy act. So you're like, <laughs> I'm going to play through this game. And then all of a sudden, Tajiri's in your office yelling stuff at you and spitting green mist on everyone who comes in. No, but see, but you ran the show. So you were like the real, I think you're like in the game, you're like Vince. 
because like you can appoint an assistant GM. No, stuff. but imagine you, you, like yeah, your but you role could is do it to Tajiri. But imagine your role is William Regal, and you're like, I run the show, but your boss comes in and gives you. <laughs> Yeah. Did you well, sit in your office and ruin things? What was great about that? It's like mode. playing Sim City when Godzilla comes by and blows your city to pieces. What was great about that mode was that there was also like, I mean, I'm sure on it would be online if it was on a modern console, but it wasn't. It was on PS2. So there was like a local competitive mode of manager mode in WWE where one person managed Raw and one person managed SmackDown. <laughs> So you're in like a ratings battle against each other. And then like how well you do like during the month depends on like where your matches go on the pay-per-view time slot and stuff. And so you can get like you're playing on a local network with two systems on two different. No, it's just, it's like a pass and play. You have two controllers, man. <laughs> you, you set your Monday night raw lineup. He sets his SmackDown lineup, and then you sim the week. That's bananas. It's great. Pretty sure it's just split screen. I'm pretty sure you can even like, if I recall, I think you can even like set your matches like split screen as you're like going through. So that's like some that, like some deep level of like wrestling nerdery in that entire mode. Yes. Let's you and me run two separate separate wrestling shows. Not wrestle any of the matches, just like just Sims. Uh, but yeah, that was my one piece of sports news that was kind of funny because it was the Buffalo Bills. The other piece of sports news is hockey players. Racist. Still racist? Still racist. What happened? Two separate occasions of white hockey players making monkey gestures at black hockey players. Oh, Thankfully, not, not in the cool. NHL. So the NHL is like, look, we kept that out. <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, kind of the worst. Uh, P.K. Subban's tweet, one of the, pl- the players was P.K. Subban's little brother. And uh, and the guy was like, the guy who did the monkey gesture got uh, like obviously suspended and all that stuff and ended up deleting all his socials. P.K. Subban tweeted, he was just sort of like, you didn't have to delete your Twitter and Instagram, man. He's like, the way these things go, you'll probably be let back in the lead if you just wait long enough. <laughs> I was like, oh, P.K., I miss you. Yeah, he's wasted in Jersey. Mm. <sighs> anyway, and the buff, uh, and then to bring it back, the uh, the Boston Bruins finally retired Willie O'Ree's number. So, yep, they waited long enough for him to be too sick to come to this arena. Well, too sick slash still COVID. Yeah, like and, and that's the it's the, like the whole Pat Burns thing. It's just the NHL doesn't know how to do this stuff properly. No, but I I kind of get this one to be like, if you wait till COVID's over, he might be dead when you do it. Yeah. So it's like, you want him in the arena, obviously, but if he can't come to the arena, you want to at least do it while he's alive and can appreciate it. I I, I get the... Should have happened 20 years ago. <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. This yep. is the first black player in the NHL, by the way, John. This is, uh... I see, I see. So... He played for Boston? Mm-hmm. Yep. A thing like that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. What else is going on, everybody? Uh, Markets crashed. I don't know how much of that has uh, flitted out through you guys. Because China banned crypto? I think it's one of the big... Well, I think think crypto crypto has crashed as well, but I'm pretty sure the Dow lost 1,000 points today. Yeah, but I think that that's just... I mean, from my understanding is... uh, 
China has banned crypto trading or whatever else like that. Okay, but that's crypto. Crypto is not as big as the Dow. Sure, exactly. But then a lot of money is going to move and whatever else like that. And it's like that, like just China being, and I think China, China making any kind of moves that impact ago. the market is, you know. China banned crypto months ago. So yeah. I, I don't, it's not. Because someone, like, someone was telling me that there was like this time period, there was a per, like someone, not just cryptocurrency, but like someone was predicting a market crash late January, early February. And this was like, I was reading about this like at the beginning of January where there was like just something about manipulated markets and whatever else and, 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 and they were like, we're super ripe for a, maybe not disastrous crash, but like a shitty crash. Yeah. So, well, it's here. We did it. Yep. <laughs> the, 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 the stock market, everybody. In-depth analysis from us. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is there to say? It, it's it feels so rigged when because it is completely rigged. Yeah. So what do you, what do you even say when it goes up? When it goes down? It's like it's like some kind of high stakes or low stakes gambling up to you. Yeah, and I mean, like you're you're you're, you're betting on a house of cards in like in the best of times, right? So uh, it's all uh, made up, and the rules don't matter. The stock market, hell to the yes, it's completely insane. Uh, what else is happening in the news? I guess COVID. COVID's still a thing. James Webb hit the Lagrange two today, I believe. James Webb hit the Lagrange two. Explain yeah. all of those words, please. All of those words. So none of that made any sense to me. <laughs> really? I was like, hit hey, guys. Wait. I'm so James sad. Webb hit the Lagrange. I'm typing this out. Lagrange two. And do you mean like also or the number? Uh, okay, so we'll break it down. <laughs> James Webb is referring to the James Webb Space Telescope. That is okay. the brand okay. new replacement for the Hubble mm-hmm. that just got shot into orbit, and it's been flying towards Lagrange two. Lagrange two is the Lagrange points are points that are balanced uh, gravitationally between uh, between two bodies. So between the sun and the earth, there's a bunch of points where gravity is really, really weak because just because mm-hmm. of how the fields balance each other. So um, Hubble floated in low earth orbit. This new one is going to float like way out in space between the earth and the sun at mm-hmm. Lagrange 2 where it doesn't need that much fuel to like beep, stay balanced. Neat. It um, It's like... A hundred times, several hundred times more powerful than the uh, than the Hubble. Oh, nice. The Hubble last... went up like nineties. Yeah, nineties. So it's yeah. it's like, like my dude, phone dude, camera dude. is is a hundred <laughs> times more powerful. Than... Yeah, exactly. I was like, think about your cell phone camera. What was what that? What was that like in the nineties? <laughs> so you you laugh. I, I read a thread on Hacker News where they were talking about the uh, the hard drives on the James Webb, mm-hmm. and somebody said the hard drives that they're using can only hold something like ninety gigabytes of space, and then they have to download their data. And like downloading is a big deal because it's fucking way out in space. It like takes a whole bunch of time. What? That doesn't make any so, sense, but on the super high-res photos, they're going to be like a gig of photo. Well, you're right. And so people were criticizing the James Webb guys and being like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You could go to a Sears and get, uh, and get like, for like a couple terabytes, you could get a bunch <laughs> exactly. of terabyte drives. And the answer to that was, well, all of the specifications for this telescope were agreed upon like 18 years ago. And when you when you put something on a on a tele, space telescope, it's not like you're just putting something from from you know, the local Best Buy, right? Like it's got to have like vibration resistance and all, and like be able to survive out in space. So it's yeah. kind of it's not it's not 
it's not as bad as it sounds, but the problem is basically that the, like it was designed 20 years ago. And yeah, you'd uh, think they would just put in the designs, good hard drive, and figure that out just before launch. I don't know, man. It's space. Everything's got to be signed in triplicate before they can do anything. You know. Explain to me then how William Shatner got into space. You didn't actually yeah. go into space. He had money, and he didn't actually go to space. He paid Bezos to fly on the Bezos rocket ship. Uh, that's that's Scott, Scott, Scott drew uh, an, an analogy from reality, and I was like, explain why they put oil drillers in space <laughs> to stop the asteroid in Armageddon. Wouldn't they had like a weekend to... of training. Wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts how to use an oil rig than... Oil riggers, how to be astronauts? Shut up, Ben. Shut up, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> anyway, so for weeks, this telescope has been flying through space to get to its like spot, and it's going to now open up. I think it's it's in the process of opening its sun shield, and it's going to uh, start transmitting the coolest photos we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sun shield? You don't want to ask about that? No, so I saw sunshine. Of... I know what sun shield is. Yeah. What's cool, the Hubble didn't have one, so we could only operate half the time because the other half it was in the sun and it couldn't see shit. And um, this thing has a gigantic football field-sized shield floating around it to allow it to take pictures 24-7. Can't wait till space junk hits it. Well, it's, it's in so the range, away. so conveniently, it's not going to be annihilated by Chinese space junk from... <laughs> or Russian, they're going to shoot rockets up in space and blow something up and just send a shrapnel around destroying A everything. gazillion of Elon's satellites spinning around up there. Mm-hmm. Now, Russians are too busy shooting their rockets at the Ukraine to shoot them into space. Come on. Just Ukraine, not the Ukraine. And um, yes. Yeah, that's another big thing. Eh? That Russia stuff is heating up pretty fucking hard right so, now. There was story. a big DDoS attack today. On uh, the uh, Ukrainian U- government. Ukraine. Well, well, heating up. I think like Sarah, Sarah works with people from Ukraine, and it, it's been pretty much constant. Like yeah. for several years, she's worked with like at, at different jobs with different people from the Ukraine, and they're like, "Yeah, it's it's the worst," and it's kind of a bummer that we don't get more like news coverage because we're, you know, just just Ukraine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they could, they should really consider the to add some gravitas to their situation. <laughs> Funny story when we were on vacation. There was a large contingent of Eastern Europeans who were also on vacation in the um, in the Dominican Republic while we were there, and a lot of people from Ukraine. And there was like a guy, like you know what they do at like fun little talent shows, whatever else. Like they, they bring like the comedian guy brings someone up on stage and they do like a little dance or whatever else like that. You know, like did he do a whole so in in Soviet Russia? No, but they were like, "Where are you from?" And he was like, "Would rather not say." <laughs> And everyone, he's like, they're like, no, 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 where are you from? And like, like the the his wife, super drunk, is like Moscow, and he's like, no, 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 doing the like, like shut up, like thing. And you see like a couple people in the crowd, like Ukrainian, looking at him, like I was like, yeah, this guy's just trying to, this guy's just trying to be on vacation, right? Yeah, I don't want to be, you know, I'm from your oppressor. We just moved military people directly into your land and just stayed there. Uh. International politics are fun. It's cool. The whole world was like, huh, what you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? I'm. Uh, it, it does, does Biden and the American people have that appetite for war? I don't think so. Biden just, doesn't even have the approval to <laughs> do stuff he promised he would do anymore. 
Right. So are they going to be able to do anything if Russia decides to move in? I don't no. think so. Team America. I read, the, World I read this thing talking about part of the re- like, why is Putin doing it now? Like, what the hell? So apparently part of the story is Russia has an enormous aging population problem, and they might not be able to fight over anything in a couple of years. So they're going to run out of the army? Well, think about it. Like, like imagine like the brain drain problem we have in Canada. People want to make a lot of money. They travel south to go to the States. Like if you have any smarts at all and any skills and you're in Russia, do you want to be in Russia or do you want to go to Europe? Do you want to go to America? Do you want to like just get the fuck out and, and have a safer life, safer life for your children? It makes sense. And then the people who stay are like poor and they have enormous alcoholism problems. They have super short life, uh, life expectancy in Russia. Or potentially old. Right, like if you think of the right. there, there is there is the like I think the hyper loyal Russian guy, maybe like carried over from the eighties. That was forty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Anyway, I I don't have extra special knowledge on the subject, but it um, sounds like it's gonna go. It's like Russia testing how far they can push this thing, and America ain't gonna step in, and Europe they don't have an army, do they? I mean, England has a pretty big army. I'm pretty sure England and France. Have like, England probably has a pretty big navy. I don't know about. It's true. Yeah. I think they probably like. I don't know. When I was looking at like military things, there's like a couple like like England and France are still like somewhere in the biggest armies, like on the planet, right? Like yeah. they're after like the American navy and the American yeah army. yeah yeah like, and like the American air I mean, force. Like, like you're 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 a distant, a distant 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 like relative of what the american military is but like it's not the world's the world's largest air force is the united states of america the world's yeah. second largest air force is this the is united the states navy yeah. <laughs> so it's ridiculous yeah and uh and then we then meanwhile people are boycotting the olympics all over the place because china, china bad china yeah. bad yeah, so uh, they're, they're a bunch of all the countries aren't sending uh, diplomats. I mean, that's just cost savings. Uh, sure. <laughs> that, one, that was like a no-brainer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently, it's like a freaking nightmare. Like, so a bunch of the like NBC just announced that their broadcasters are not going, so they're just going to all do it from like do it remote from Connecticut. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to get the international video and talk from the truck. I guess, yeah. Like, and which is kind of funny because everybody like they might not even do it live, right? They might just be watching a tape because NBC does all that weird like they don't show stuff live; they show stuff in prime time when it's like when it's overseas Olympics. Yeah, when they so, know the Americans win, they, then then they build the story about how it's a champion, yeah. and then they show the event. Yeah, exactly. So it's genius. It's it's, <laughs> it's incredible level national. Like, yeah, but propaganda. it kind of made sense in like the nineties or whatever. Well, I mean, in the nineties, it was I think. Well, they had one. They had in one Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. But it's just like before there was Google, but you're like, oh, I'm watching this 100-meter dash, and like the, the broadcasters are acting like this is something. I'm like, this happened eight hours ago in Korea or whatever. Like, why am I watching this now on NBC, pretending there's any like uh, drama that I'm witnessing on the screen here? I don't know. I feel like I watched a lot of the Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. Enough of the Summer Olympics that I didn't bother reading the sports pages about. So I could watch whatever event I wanted and have no idea what was going to happen. A surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a bunch of rugby last summer and. Yeah. You were telling me rugby sevens. 
Rugby Sevens is amazing. Everyone should watch Rugby Sevens. Hmm. If you're seven looking aside, for seven-minute games, seven-minute halves, seven-minute halves, so fourteen-minute games. Yep. Exciting. See, it's the opposite of football. You don't need to know what's going on. You can, <laughs> you can throw the ball backwards and you run forwards and it goes. I'm excited. Anyway, so yeah, the Beijing Olympics, and apparently the 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 reporters that have gone over there are saying that like it is complete and total lockdown like just nothing fun you're like multiple covid tests a day coming in and out you're locked up you get traveled to your thing you sit down at your thing you move back to your thing haven't seen anything of beijing if you look outside everything is closed anyway (laughs) like reminds me of the uh the the wrestling thing scott when they went to korea god do you know about this john Mm, they went to I don't, I don't know how that story slipped my knowledge of wrestling it, it it appeared on my knowledge of wrestling when I was like so WWE always does the thing where they like inflate their attendance records being like 75,000 people at the Saddle Dome and whatever else like I may have to have all these attendance records right it's like a, a known part of the gimmick of wrestling is that they're always shattering indoor attendance records mm-hmm and one of these days I was or like recently, not even that recently, a couple of years ago, maybe I was like looking it up and I was like, and the highest attended wrestling matches were night one and night two of an event in North Korea. And I was like, what now? And then I like, I read up on it and was like, oh, that's crazy. Where they brought in a bunch of like New Japan talent and a bunch of American talent. And then they wrestled in front of like a state mandated attendance of like 140,000 people. <laughs> So the people so there had no applause idea. whatsoever. Like two nights of fighting, and only the one guy who had like kind of ties to North Korea got any kind of pop. So they're just like wrestling in complete silence in front of a hundred thousand people. I'm kind of amazed they have a stadium that can hold a hundred and forty thousand people. All sorts That's of ridiculous. Crap, they built the biggest stuff to say that they have the biggest stuff, and then they have the president walk in and make everyone go. Yeah, right. yeah. And they're like, "Look, see how popular he is. Everyone wanted to be here." Like, I'm sure they probably have sporting events in there where you have to attend, and they're being like, "Watch 100,000 people play this, like, watch a shitty game of soccer, right? right. Like the, the world championship of American football." Yeah, probably. They probably have a Super Bowl in there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, it's crazy. John, I don't know if you know much about wrestlers in the '90s. I do not. And their private lives, but drugs and fighting each other. Both feature very heavily. So if you grab a bunch of these guys and put them on a plane and put them into North Korea, they're still either detoxing real fast. Oh, yeah. Desperately seeking alcohol and, as such, more inclined to fight each other. Which do they Do they party harder or less hard than Quebecois influencers on a plane? Well, the thing is, they don't have any of their stuff with which to party. It is all taken away, and they're not allowed to bring anything in. So they're just all locked. So Eric Bischoff goes jogging one morning. He just leaves and goes jogging, and he's like... And then I see people, like, on the balconies and stuff with, like, the look of terror in their eyes. Like, children are, like, freaking out, and everyone's screaming. Because there's a white guy jogging Jogging down the street. (laughs) And he's like... And he's like, and then my handler was like, so, so, so afraid and was like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And he was like, in the back of my head, I was like, oh my God, she might get killed. Like, <laughs> like I just went out jogging and my screw up might have legitimately, he was like, she came back the next day. And I was like, thank God. But it was yeah. just sort of like 
sometimes our handlers would disappear and not come back and we're like uh you know here's your new handler and you're just like cool Uh-oh. what then like the, at one point the uh one of the wrestlers was on the phone with his wife and was like oh man they have us like locked up in this shithole and then he's like and then i hear like a click on the line and then there's a knock on my door and they're like what did you say about north korea and he gets legit arrested by secret police yeah legit arrested and questioned by north korean secret police because he called north korea a shithole on the phone to his wife wow 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 yep yeah that dark side of the ring was one of the craziest ones because it just <laughs> for some reason too cold scorpio keeps wanting to kill hawk like actually kill him i mean everyone kind of talks about wanting to kill hawk yeah exactly but he's like man like <laughs> they're like if you did it here though it would just go away they would probably just let you go yeah. like, like, like hawk would die we'd all fly back to america so he's like sharpening a chopstick to try to yep. shiv hawk uh, wrestling uh john if you want to watch a bunch of dark side of the ring it's on tubi now hmm. yeah. dark side of the ring is amazing yeah it's terrifying just... and good if you One like true crime stuff and you like really big pop culture stars mm-hmm. and, and seeing how those two things mix and it's, a, it's like it's pretty much about like it's on par like not necessarily it doesn't go long form the way tiger king does but like in terms of the like personalities and you're like how are any of these people getting anything done like everyone is like it it's tiger king levels of insanity because it's all 80s cocaine fueled wrestlers like mm-hmm. every story is completely insane in one way or the other and like how often they're tied to murders or this or that you're like why how how is it still happening at least at the very least it all seems to mostly be in the 80s and 90s mostly like and how somehow chris jericho comes off looking really good he's the narrator yeah (laughs) there's all kinds of weird stuff and if you just want to dip your toe in the water the benoit episodes oh yeah the chris benoit episode is uh wasn't that a little gruesome? Doesn't he go crazy yeah, yeah. and kill people with traumatic brain injury uh, yep, sure does. style? Mm-hmm. Sure does. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's the most true crimey of all of all of them. Right. Uh, the Snooker one also. The Snooker one's very true crimey, but... And the Dino no, Bravo one. There's no good resolution. The Dino Bravo one is amazing if you want to hear... Especially because there's that, a Montreal angle. Yeah. I really like that they didn't bother translating the italian francophone interviews <laughs> they just put subtitles on and just like you're gonna have to listen to this listen to these people talk about wrestling <laughs> yep rujo pops up and in that's, the... that's the one with pat in it right pat's yeah. In that yeah, one yeah yeah pat's in that one. rujo pops up in the dynamite kid episode in season three yeah and there's like but then there's a weird dino bravo connection and you're like oh no and rujo just like laughs it off and i was like Ugh. <laughs> This is all kinds of weird. The biggest wrestling promoter in Quebec. I'm sure he absolutely had no deals with the Montreal Mafia. That's not a thing that could have possibly happened. Mm-hmm. Just jokes. It's the, yeah. You know, wrestling. I I love the Russo brothers. I'm a big fan of the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. After after the Dynamite Kid and Dino Bravo one, I, I saw a big shoot interview with uh, Ray Russo talking about the roller quarters incident. Yeah. <laughs> roller quarters incident 
Dynamite Kid beat the crap out of him for shits because Dynamite no, Kid was like, no, no but the roll of quarters incident was retaliation to the fact that Dynamite Kid like worked him in no. the locker room over a card game. Over cutting up his gear. Yeah. Because Perfect did it and told the Rougeos that it was Dynamite that did it yeah. as a rib. And then they went to go talk to him and Dynamite – or no, then – Perfect told Dynamite that all oh, the Rougeos are really pissed off at you for reasons unknown. So Dynamite came and beat the shit and out of Rougeau. Didn't beat or... the shit out of him, just roughed him up a little bit. Well, I mean, it depends and she, on and Rougeau believes his, the shit was beaten out of him. So Brett, like his face was all puffed up and whatever else like that. I mean, I feel that if you have like. Brett said he was just kind of cheap shotting him. I mean, yeah, I guess. But like a black guy is easy to get, right? So. Yeah. Like. And then. The Rougeau brothers were like, well, you gotta, you can't let that stand. So <laughs> Ray was telling the story, like, Jacques never really learned, learned how to throw a punch. He was a wrestling guy. But I was gold gloves. So the next couple of weeks, I took a mattress in every hotel room, and I taught him how to, like, put his hips into it and, like, really throw a punch. And then my dad was just like, and if you really want to hurt him, <laughs> go to the bank. Get a roll of quarters. <laughs> put it in your fist. Use that to throw the punch. And uh, knocked out two of Dynamite's teeth in one punch. Yeah. Wrestling. And Pat, and Pat Patterson was in the hall watching it happen, going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dynamite Kid episode is also pretty messed up. He pointed a shotgun at his wife. He's... Dynamite Kid was not a good person at any. No. No. He, used to, like, he was like one of one of his favorite jokes that he liked to do was you know like basically roofing people like slipping like medical grade sleeping pills into the drinks and be like ha 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 now he passed out let's shave his eyebrows and heads and take a shit in his bag what a fun joke huh. it would be awful if it wasn't also extremely common in every one of those <laughs> shoot interviews you've ever heard Rand Jordan took a shit in someone's bag Stacey Keebler's. Yeah, one of the lady talents. Like, what what happens to you in life where you think that that's like a funny prank? Like, I'm gonna shit in your backpack, John. Can't get mad. It's <laughs> Joke's a joke. on you. Now you have shit in your backpack. <laughs> and it's like doubly worse because these guys are like on the road, right? So it's like, imagine if you're like, like going back. I shit, to your in, your, I shit in your backpack, like while we're backpacking across Europe. Like you're not going home anytime soon. You're like, oh, what? You're like, get it? Now there's shit in your bag. See you in the next town. Like, you can't go home. Like, you're, like, just trying to wash the shits out of your bag or buy a new bag. And then it's like, you still need to travel the next day. So it's, like, doubly How many pair of wrestling boots did you pack? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gross. Uh, Speaking of wrestling, I watched Peacemaker. Oh, yeah? Yeah, all four episodes that are available to it. I heard it was good. It's great. It's A-plus stuff. Uh, from Directly from James Gunn. So, like, James Gunn, like, wrote and directed the whole entire show. So, uh, <laughs> it's the follow-up, obviously, to The Suicide Squad, right? He is The? Yep. I think, I think he's the, the Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. Uh, and, yeah, and basically kind of has... Uh, Peacemaker sort of recovers from the events of Suicide Squad and then kind of gets tapped by like a subset of Amanda Waller's team to 
go and like do another mission. So you just get more time with Peacemaker. And it, it's John Cena's a comedic genius. It, it, it's a just fact. Is he? It's so funny. There's like a, just an extended scene, which is A, hilarious. And B, also I thought like just funny of James Gunn to dwell on it so long. Where like his friend knocks on the door and he like quickly like averts his eyes. And he was just sort of like, he's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to show me your dick? And he's like, what? No, I just want to come in. Are you trying to show me your dick? And just like keeps repeating. And he's just sort of like, he's like, I was like, why would I do that? He's like, maybe that's what you get off on. Like Louis CK. When you're like, what? You think I'm like Louis CK? And he's like, that's what he does. He takes out his dick and he wants you to look at it. And I don't want to fall for it. And he's just like going like in this five minute sequence of, I don't want to look at you. I think you have, you're going to show me your dick. You're like Louis CK. This is what you get off on. Just like. <laughs> I was like, it's amazing. It's great. Why would Vince never let him turn heel? <laughs> Why? It would have been amazing. James Gunn has finally, finally pulls the trigger on, on heel uh, John Cena. Cena. I will say, though, that simultaneously, the problem, part of the problem that I have with Peacemaker is the same problem that I have with Boba Fett, which is I was like, these characters, like, he was an absolute monster in Suicide Squad, and the show makes him, like, kind of misunderstood and redeemable like they make his dad a raging like abusive racist and all that stuff and mm-hmm. he's just trying to like he's coming to terms with the fact that he is shitty and he's trying to be better and whatever and i was like yeah but part of the fun of the character was that he was irredeemable and same thing with boba fett like you're like oh i'm learned i've learned my lesson since the sarlacc ate me and now i'm about like trying to help the people of tatooine and i'm like yeah but boba fett didn't do anything you didn't know he wasn't he so, was barely he, a someone argued like this three to me. minutes of screen time. Someone argued this to me. I agree. And they're like, no, you're thinking expanded universe. And I was like, no, I'm not thinking expanded universe. There are like in the established universe of only the films count as canon. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader, who yep. is an absolute badass, like the badass of the universe, really calls five bounty hunters up to his ship. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're one of those five. You're not a good dude at this point, right? You're not like, oh, oh he helps out people a lot. No, Darth Vader hired five bounty hunters. You're one of them. And then in the middle of his speech, he was like, no disintegrations, you. That means you're a monster. You're like a complete and total badass. If you're on Darth Vader's Rolodex as a bounty hunter, and then he's like, try not to disintegrate this guy I'm paying you to kill. You're not a good guy. <laughs> right. Okay. But you're not necessarily a bad guy. You're a cowboy. When Vader is like, yo, yo, tone it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turn down your, ten, turn Just down it, turn it down. Jets, we can only handle so much badassitude Let's here. Let's be fair here. Like, Han Solo is a smuggler and wanted criminal. Right, and at no point are they like, hey, don't disintegrate us. <laughs> like, that's a different thing. <laughs> if you're like a bounty hunter who's renowned, who's renowned enough to be like, you're a top five bounty hunter in the galaxy, period. Because you're on Vader's mm-hmm. Star Destroyer. And then he has to give you a special warning not to disintegrate the target. I feel you've established this is not a good guy. Okay, okay. All I, of this I feel like he's, this is... he's a wanted, you know, man who's killed several TIE fighter pilots at that point. You know, if you went to the States and killed a couple of Air Force pilots and the bounty hunters were just like, hey, whoa, just remember, we want him alive. I don't think yeah. it automatically makes you... Like... Not just we want him alive. We want him not disintegrated. You have to specify okay, okay, okay. don't what, disintegrate. What is the complaint here? Is the problem that they're making Boba Fett into a good guy? In yeah, 100%. Movie? Like, I mean, they already kind of did in, in The Mandalorian. And I was like, well, it's, he's like... 
he's supposed to be a huge badass. Like I'm like you're like at the very least you're you should be like a certain degree of like unfuck withable if you're that level of bounty hunter. Right? And now you're just sort of like, oh, I'm like I want to help bring equality to Tatooine. I'm like, why does this guy care? To be fair, he got knocked into the Sarlacc pit by a blind guy. I mean a blind Jedi. It, it's Tatooine. Fair. Isn't Tatooine no. like the middle of nowhere garbage town? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about Tatooine. It's like Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the the story of the Book of Boba Fett is that he basically kills Bib Fortuna and then takes over Jabba's old uh like mob runnings. So he's like, I'm going to get protection money, but I'm going to be like a good mobster. And even that is weird. I'm like, what are you doing here, Boba Fett? Like, you're you're still taking protection money. Like, it's they kind of want it both ways. They want him to be like a badass, but also a good guy. And I was like, the storyline here is that he's a good mafia boss and still like takes protection money and kills people and whatever else. But like, is a good guy. It's just it's a, it's a little muddled, I find. With the like the narrative. That being said, uh, tricked out mod chrome speeder bikes are the best. I was gonna say Wookies with taser knuckles are the best. Mm. Also, Danny may, Trejo. So hang on, just pause real brief. Those two things that we just said, John. Taser it may not surprise knuckles. you to know that Robert Rodriguez is heavily involved in this season. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's amazing, Chewbacca the Wookie. You know what's more amazing. Other Wookiees that are more badass and have electrified brass knuckles. Hmm. They're not. They're not nice Wookiees. There's also the Star Wars overlap with uh, Peacemaker right now. I don't know if you heard about this. What? So, no. so at one point, uh, John Cena as Peacemaker is just sort of like. He's like, the guy's like strong like a Wookiee, whatever. I was like, that. You, like, you can't fuck with a Wookiee. They're like, every part of them is deadly. Their anus has teeth. That's canon. <laughs> what? <laughs> and now if you, like, if you Google, like, do Wookiees, like, it, like, <laughs> it's like one of the Google predictor things. Like, <laughs> do Wookiees have teeth in <laughs> Just to, John, just to double back on something Keith just said. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez is heavily involved in this season, uh, or this this show, yeah, and that of course means Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo has a character. Yeah, he's well, a bad guy, and he's gonna die. Wait, wait, wait. But what 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 is your? You don't know. You you know the setup is it's Tatooine. He is in Jabba's palace. Like he's set up base in Jabba's palace. What? Who is Danny Trejo? Mm, drug dealer. No. He'll never guess. Hey, it's true. He'll never guess. What does Jabba have underneath his palace? Uh, he had the, the, what do you call it? The the, the monster. The, the Rancor. Oh, he's a Rancor Wrangler? Correct. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> they and... even retcon Rancors, man. They're like, Rancors can be quite, like, friggin', like, emotional and empathetic and whatever well, else. The guy like did cry when his little Rancor died. If yeah, it well, because apparently they're empaths. Here. They actually, like, sync with the trainer. Like, they're, they're you like, you blindfold them, and the first person they see, they, like, impress upon. Right. So it does make sense that he would die and whatever. Yeah. Although I haven't gotten to it yet. But that episode does have the one moment where I was like, okay, Boba Fett, you got me back again. Because he, Boba Fett, when he realizes that he has a rancor and he's getting a trainer and da-da-da-da, <laughs> responds with exactly what all of us, I believe, would say if we were in that position, which is, I would like to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, you got me, Boba Fett. I, too, would like to ride a rancor if I was in that position of owning one. <laughs> and, like, and, and Danny Trejo is the sensitive... Rancor Whisperer. 
Yeah, he's like, they are quite nice when you get to know them. Oh, Danny Trejo. You're the best. It's the best thing to come out of that. And there was also Star Wars, a drama, apparently. Uh, Some costume designers were like, apparently this version of Star Wars is shitting all over George Lucas's original vision. Which is? Because, so the mod uh, speeder bike uh, gang, they have zippers on their costumes, which a bunch of old costume designers were like, that used to be one of George Lucas's hard and fast rules, was no no costumes were allowed to have zippers. Like, obnoxiously show. So, like, he was like completely insane if there's any type of costuming that had zippers or design that had zippers and whatever. He was like, the future of Star Wars does not have zippers or whatever. I so mean, like, okay. Six, six billion dollars. He, he doesn't get to talk about it anymore. I know, but it, it, it's people are just sort of like, like other costume designers, like, like formerly employed by like George Lucas, like popped up on Twitter being like zippers. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I'm sure that was like part of their like personal nightmare of working for like micromanaging George Lucas, like because mm-hmm. like sometimes they like was reading this whole article about zippers, where they were like they would even have like just from a functional element they'd have like stuff that you could get into and then like zip up the sides and then the zippers were kind of like hidden just because you wanted it to be like that sleek look you wanted it to like crimp in a certain way and he'd be like yeah. no figure out another way to make it work and they're like it's just a costume thing no one will even see the zippers and he was still just like absolutely adamant that zippers did not exist in the star Wars universe. <laughs> Three years later, the next generation airs and there's zippers everywhere. <laughs> George, George Lucas really seems like a cool boss. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at you about zippers. God damn it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know where you're at in Boba Fett, but it's fine. It's, it's not as good as the Mandalorian. No, it's not, but it's oddly quieter, and I kind of like that. It has a lot more like familiarity because of the Tatooine stuff, obviously. Yes. Where you're like, oh yeah, there's like the Tatooine. Like you get to, get to see some huts, you get to see like Jabba's cousins, lots of sand people, a lot of sand, whole sand people, B story, or whatever. Like his whole past. Like when he came out of the Sarlacc pit, he was you know joined the sand people for a while. You get to find out about sand people. It was uh-huh. like dances with womp rats. Kinda. Yep. Um and also he is not as good of an actor as uh Pedro Pascal's voice was. That's true. It's kind of kind of a bummer. Because he takes off the, the mask and then he's but yeah, well he's not he is not a Mandalorian, right? He is a right. clone. He just of, wears their armor. Yeah. yeah, he is a clone of Django Fett who has a Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he uh, he's walking around without his mask the whole time. and uh, Well, not the whole time, but for a lot of the time. And that guy, who is the Django Fett actor... Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison is not a fantastic actor, I find. And like... it's Which is like kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, I watch it. It's okay. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's 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 and, just really and cool. all of the all of the character actors are, are great. Danny Trejo's little character, Stephen Root, makes an appearance. Yeah, St- Stephen Root just being obviously like a basically reprising his role from uh, Boardwalk Empire. Strangely enough, yeah, <laughs> as just like this, like I am, but a mild mannered moisture farmer or whatever else like that. But like, of course, it's like gouging prices and being a complete monster on the side. 
These street punks are bad for business. Exactly. If you're the mafia, please take care of them for me. Exactly. And I will pay you your tributes. <laughs> Good old Steven Root. He's great. He should be in more things. He's in a lot, though. If you look he is. People got to stop taking a stapler. Yeah. Um, and then I guess we could talk about some celebrity deaths. Didn't I was, I was just going to say, didn't you guys both watch a whole bunch of movies? We did. Yeah. I mean, I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I think Scott already talked about that last episode. I can't believe you didn't like it that much. It was just boring. It was, it was great. It was boring and not funny. Like that was the, the problem was. Those are big problems in a comedy. Funny. <laughs> like no laughs basically. And, and like upsetting because I mean, so spoilers, the OG Ghostbusters show up. And in about five minutes of screen time, Bill Murray has like four or five really good lines. And I'm like, so you, the writer knows how to be funny. He just chose not to be. Or, I mean, or maybe he doesn't. And that's just, that's just Bill Murray ad-libbing was better than yeah. anything he no, wrote. No, it's, it's Jason and Ivan Reitman. Like they, you would think. They know how to, know how to write a movie. And yeah. I thought it was very nice, that film. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> So much so now. I, we disagree so much. We have to wait for John to watch it to rank it. Bad and boring. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to watch sweet a bad and, and interesting. Movie. But it was sweet and interesting. And I would say the best sequel to the first Ghostbusters. Probably movie. is the best sequel, but that's like still like a saying. It's like a C plus as a film. I don't know. After having like destroyed the Matrix, I thought it did fan service nostalgia in a way that wasn't offensive or egregious. Sure. But um, as a result, the thing, you, the thing you see in the trailer of like Paul Rudd, the science teacher going, Oh my God, that's a cool replica. And then figuring out it's actually a ghost trap. And being like, well, where did you get this? There's also like, that was really cool. There's also some like uh, an ongoing thing with, and John was watch it. Then we'll circle back on ghostbusters afterlife. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a character, like I admit she's a child. But she's like, I don't believe in ghosts. And I was like, don't they teach this in school? That the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man walked down Manhattan and then a little while later <laughs> the Statue of Liberty came to life and then walked through the streets of Manhattan? Shouldn't that be like the JFK assassination in terms of things kids know about? Like, And they're like, look at this weird grainy clip on YouTube. I'm like, no, man, that would be the news. It would be the only news anyone talked about for a real long time and then would be taught about in schools. Maybe the world just collectively tried to forget about it. It was just too weird. It happened twice, though. <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> like, you can forget Street Puff, but the Statue of Liberty walking around? <laughs> like, well, maybe... let's, let's, let's compare that to this current world where vaccines are poisonous and the world is flat. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people that believe the world is flat. That's what I'm saying. There'd be a whole ton of people that believe in Stay Puffed. <laughs> or that don't believe in Stay Puffed. Those videos are doctored. It's from New York. You can't trust the liberal elites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just the fact that there's any doubt about like the presence of the supernatural, like given the events of the first two films, like Man, whether can... or not you want to say the third film is not in canon or not, like the first two films, yeah, Stay Puffed, one film, The Statue of Liberty, another film. There's no room for doubting ghosts anymore. People would be like, oh, it's like that thing that happened in Manhattan. You wouldn't like have like parents being like, you're telling me a ghost ran through the city? That's crazy. They'd be like, no, no, no. This is reality. This is the like, reality we live in. Like medical and climate science. Everyone believes it because we've proved it. Wait. <laughs> I, I get it, like what you're saying, but I don't think that, you know, 
the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man would necessarily like drop out of the zeitgeist of human consciousness after he walked around in New York one night. Maybe and, not the zeitgeist, but you have to remember her her parents also definitely were not getting super deep into that in the household. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It would be taught in schools. Yeah, and disproved in the house. Eh. You know, like critical race theory. <laughs> but even but then like Finn Wolfhard's character is just sort of like, yeah, I know about the Manhattan hauntings. And I'm like, again, yeah, it's, it shouldn't be an obscure factoid. Be like, yeah, I heard of the Vietnam War, that old thing. Man, you need to talk to more 12-year-olds. You ask a 12-year-old to explain the Vietnam War to you. <laughs> He's a twelve-year-old scientist who like understands seismic like rate like charts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the oh man, the reuse of lines is annoying. Anyway. I don't know. I didn't think it was as egregious as, especially compared to the Matrix. It's absolutely better than the Matrix. Like that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm arguing. Like I consider the Matrix like borderline like a flat F grade film. This is like a C plus. It's just it's, no, I, I, I rate it bad that. to fine. I'm not like upset by it like I was with the Matrix. I even think the little Chekhov's gun thing they did with Muncher was nice. I was like, oh, that's not egregious. That's not like a huge plot hole. They're just like, oh, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Fine. Something make, they established. Was you great. make a munching ghost, and a munching ghost is useful later. You make a sliming yeah. ghost, and a sliming ghost is useful later. Like, it's not like they invented this. This happened in the second film. <laughs> Man, I think you were too demanding of this movie because I was thoroughly entertained watching it. I yeah, I've I, let I've let you talk me into hating other movies I thought were fine, like like Shang Chi. I don't <laughs> think this is the to, case. to the other Ghostbusters. The, the Not as good plays. as the first one and better than the rest. Yeah, I, I, I would I would put it kind of on par with two. Like yeah. in the, in the same way that two felt like a rehashing of one. Yeah, <laughs> this feels like a rehashing of one. Like. With more nostalgia built up to it, like then there's like uh like the the gatekeeper and the keymaster uh in their like demon dog form are like the exact same demon dogs from the eighties, like they didn't update the design or anything, which I was like, yeah, because okay. that's what they look like. Like that's fun for me. <laughs> you know, like they still move like stop motion animatronic demon dogs. Like you know. There's cool, like, like little bits of stuff like that. All the tech looks is exactly the same because it's like Egon's old tech and all that. There's 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 a lot of a lot of fun little eye candy things and whatever, but like I said, it's a. I mean, uh, I'm gonna uh, just the best audio engineering. Man, did they get those old sound effects down pat? Yeah, some so they had the like the the Ecto one proton exactly packs. the same noise. The proton pack thing exactly the, same. the proton pack effect is exactly the same. <laughs> like maybe a yeah. little less green screeny, but like looks as kind of just the purple line with the thing going over it. Yeah. Didn't have to mess with stuff to make it seem cooler. They just wanted yeah. to make it fit in that universe. Yeah, which they did. Like I said, I give it a C plus. John, I, you, you should track it down, figure out a way C to watch it. C plus. C plus. And so I'd give it like a B plus. Yeah. It's not as good as Bumblebee, sir. <laughs> you have the weird thing with John Cena. I don't don't trust you <laughs> when Cena's involved. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do we want to talk about some of the celebrity deaths? I mean, I also want to talk about Eternals because you've also watched that. I also watched Eternals, but John didn't. But will he? No. I guess. Maybe don't. They're bad. I'm not going to. Eternals is a bad movie. Mm -hmm. It's what a what a flawed 
script. I don't even think it's a flawed script. I just think it was a flawed execution. I think we, we Scott and I talked about this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier should have been a movie. The Eternal should have been the TV show. Just switch that around, and I think you would have been okay. Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier was kind of the best, uh, not the best, but like the worst of the Marvel TV shows because it kind of stretched out and dragged on too long. But in like a two-hour movie would have been like a punchy action spy thing. And yep. the Eternals was, let me introduce like not a joke, like 10 characters, try to make you care about them, then put them in a situation, and then uh, they save the world. And like sort of continue, a, yeah, they kind of say catastrophic kind of like how is the MCU going to deal with that? It has. Walter was talking about that. He's like, it has to be just like every time they show the planet Earth or whatever when there's like a space thing, they better show that man coming out of the earth, right? <laughs> like, so the the idea I, is that there's a celestial. So Arisham, who's like the great celestial, seeds particular planets with others, like with celestial seeds. And they somehow need intelligent life to like feed off of. Like they, I guess they, they, they fuel themselves with like a psychic energy or whatever. So like the plan is that he like wipes out existence on a planet. They explain all of this in the movie. Wipes out existence on a planet by sending out these like deviant apex predators. So kills whatever is there. So that's what killed the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. He like dropped a asteroid and then also unleashed deviant uh, monsters everywhere. Then he sends the Eternals, uh, who are basically like guardian robots, to then fight the deviants and protect the species that is going to evolve into intelligent life. Intelligent and life guide, pro- and guide them into intelligent and life. Like, and, life. and like poke and prod them to make sure that they have like certain technological breakthroughs to make their life easier, whatever else like that. And then when you hit like by certain technological advances you mean they build the city of babylon yeah but that's just to protect them from the deviants <laughs> and then they didn't get like, the steam engine they gave them the plow <laughs> anyway I mean, agriculture is kind of a big turning point for humanity sure here. exactly but that that's what i'm saying they, they they give them but they give them the plow they don't give them a steam engine even though like festus wanted to anyway uh, and then when they're like when they hit critical mass of like seven billion intelligent lives or whatever else like that, there's an emergence and the celestial pops out of the planet like an ick. Cool. It the whole planet apart. So and they they save the day at t minus one seconds when there's like part celestial. of his head and part of his hand is like coming out of the ocean and then they like they freeze him so he's just like it's a stuck in stone. That's amazing. Continent. Yeah. There you go. So, is there a new continent? People can go live on this I'm guy's not, face. No, it's not continent sized. It's like maybe city sized. Like, I don't know. It looks like it's New Zealand sized. Yeah, maybe. It's big. And like, so here's the the other thing that bugs me too is that like no one else from the MCU shows up. Like, I can get that the Eternals have like the inside track, so they're like first. But like, how does nobody show up and be like, "Hey, there's a man climbing out of the planets," <laughs> like? Maybe someone should show up. Like you're telling me that like Stark Industries isn't like monitoring the seismic activity of a guy climbing a planet-sized guy climbing out of the planet. Like Doctor Strange was too busy to deal with whatever he was doing to do. I mean, with I get it. it. He's maybe tangled up in the multiverse and stuff. I haven't seen Spider-Man, but you think someone would like like you think that like Falcon, well, new Captain America would be like like him and Bucky could like show up on a shield thing and be like, oh, what's going on here? Like they could be late. They just kind of need to be there. 
anyone from S.H.I.E.L.D.? All of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. Still a thing. Nope. Not today. We're leaving these Eternals, who no one has ever heard of, to fight this. Yeah. And so many of the characters fell flat, and the only one who didn't got killed off. Hmm. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh I'm nice. Cool. I'm nice, and I'm, like, ageless. I'm an immortal, so I'm just going to learn how to cook really well. Yeah. Kamel <laughs> is funny. I like, uh... Kamel's character is cool. Also, like... Uh... Kinko? Kinko. Yeah, Kingo, yeah. Kingo's funny. Uh, Druig is, like, upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> so he has, like, a mind control power. And his, like, response to uh, living forever on Earth or whatever, because, like, once they kind of, like, once the planet sort of hits critical mass, the Eternals are just sort of, like, left to their own devices and just kind of, like, get to just, like, do whatever. Like, they don't know that the world's going to end, but they're like, well, humanity pretty much has it taken care of, so we can now, like, pursue other interests and whatever, like... Uh, Kingo becomes a Bollywood movie star for like the last hundred years, and he's like his his own grandfather and his own father. Like he just like pretends to be aging or whatever. Uh, a generational superstar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but then one of the characters who has mind control powers appears to have just brainwashed and mind controlled a group of people to live in the woods under his like tutelage, and they're just all brainwashed, living like Amish people and worshiping him like a god. And I was like, that's upsetting. And he's a good guy. Like, there's no heel <laughs> turn for him. He's like saves the day. And no one addresses it. They're like, that's a little weird. Anyway, moving on. And I was like, no, unpack this. That's awful. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, the, the speedster just pff, leaves. And then, like, I completely forgot she was in the movie until they show up at the ship and she's there again. But she doesn't just leave. She leaves and steals stuff yeah. constantly. <laughs> Everything. Every missing work of art somehow ends up in her room yeah because she's super fast again like that's fun like that's like cute little stuff that would be in a tv show but in like a movie it's just like happening at a breakneck speed and it's like yeah yeah. i i would say this is the biggest marvel's cinematic universe miss since like dark world or whatever the second thor movie second Hmm. this is like second thor movie third iron man movie bad that's harsh and and both of those are better because both of those really bad movies still have Loki and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like, there's at least characters driving interest to watch those movies. I don't think I would ever watch The Eternals again. Yeah, there's no point. And then, <laughs> I think I told you about this on the podcast or whatever, where they're just sort of like the best part of... Um... Like the best part of Marvel movies is like during the credits when someone you've never heard of shows up and he's like, I'm Blorko. And everyone is supposed to like, Ooh, be like, oh shit, Blorko. Blorko. <laughs> this is like <laughs> next freaking level. Like Eros, AKA Star Fox, brother to Thanos shows up. And I'm like, no, these moments were cool in the credits when you were like, oh shit, it's Nick Fury. Or oh shit, it's Thor. Not Eros, AKA Star Fox, brother to Thanos. <laughs> No one cares. No one cares about this person. He is nobody's favorite character. I marked out a little bit, but also was very confused because Eros is a very troubling character. Yeah, and they're just like he's just gonna they're gonna just get rid of all the problematic traits and make him good, or are they gonna make him super problematic? Because he's basically the Avenger that was also the Purple Man. Yeah. He's like mind control. Yep. And rapey. And and rapey. 
And then there's Whoa. another post credit scene where Jon Snow is like looking at a sword and you hear like, Fling, whatever else like that. And you're supposed to know that he's the Black Knight. You remember everyone's favorite Avenger, the Black Knight? Black Knight is super cool. You're wrong there. Yeah, but whose favorite Avenger is that, dude? Like compared to Thor and Captain America or Spider-Man. Well, they just introduced like a bunch of the 80s Avengers in Black Knight and Eros and Cersei. I get that. But they're in the books for hundreds of issues. This is so this is my point is that it's Guardians hubris. They were like we don't need to have beloved characters. Guardians did so well and I was like the Eternals prove that like no, like a good writer and director made Guardians do so well. You can't just throw a bunch of characters nobody cares at on a screen and then otherwise pretend... you end up with you know what it is? It's one of the it's basically the next Fantastic Four movie. You just kind of watch it and you're like, "Oh, these characters are there, I guess." But the Fantastic like the, Four, at least, like, like, the, like the did Fantas- you see the, the the last one, the the Fantastic movie? No, I didn't see. Where that. was Robbie the robot? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Herbie, yes, Herbie I did watch Fantastic. It's it's Herbie. Want, the there's robot. three of them, right? John, the robot's name is Herbie. Robbie the robot is a different robot. Yeah. All right, whatever. Herbie. Herbie. Um, the robot. A joke, but yes, Fantastic was was horse shit. That was the th- that's, that, and that's, that's the third that's, Fantastic Four film, right? Yeah. 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 That's the feeling you get watching the Eternals. You're just kind of oh. like, oh, oh, that's I don't awful. Think it's that bad. There's like moments. There's a lot of fun moments, and the fighting is okay. And this is also upsetting. The fighting in the Eternals, like the speedster fighting in the Eternals, better than the fighting in the Matrix. God damn, that movie sucked. Yeah, <laughs> and you could tell what was happening, and they were using their powers in ways that made sense. And there was like the speedster fight was cool. Like they, they actually did kind of a fun thing. Like instead of making her go in slow motion, like they made her real fast, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. which, you know, like we've seen and this. The, te- the tech guy used tech powers to, to stop people stronger than him. Yeah. It's fine. That was cool. He was fine. I liked him. Yeah. Can you imagine if Neo had had a line somewhere where he's like, you don't have the budget for these moves. You know, and and then and then he can beat the the agents because they don't have the budget to outpower his his. Anyway, could have gone that, that movie was. Basically... I really wish I could download a good fight choreographer right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, the Eternals is rubbish. Okay, I was. Oh yeah, and then there's a voice off screen, and it's supposed to be Blade, and we're supposed to get excited about that too. And I was like, but it's not Wesley Snipes' voice. So now I'm like upset. Well, no, you know who it is. It's the guy who played Cottonmouth from uh, Luke Cage. Muhashar Ali. Probably butchering his name. Uh, You want to rank the Eternals, buddy? Sure. Yeah, let's put it on the list. Uh, I'm down at Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. That's 145. Let me pull up the list here. Which is only slightly above Dark Phoenix and Mac and me. <laughs> if you're looking for the list and you're listening to this, you just have to Google 9to5.cc, the list, and it's it's your first link. Thanks, Scott. It's super easy to pull up, and it's... Uh, the mummy, the, mummy the, the, the Tom Cruise mummy? Ooh, yeah. No, this was better than that. Kenny Ortega's The Descendants. We're definitely in the right zone. Zack Snyder's Justice League, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. Hmm. Plot terrible, banter, clever the only enough. Thing that's, that's Baywatch. Good about it is Cyborg says "booyah" at the end. 
<laughs> that was the best thing about that movie. Wow. Did that make the Snyder Cut? No. Nope. That made the Snyder Cut. God damn it. Booyah is pure Joss Whedon, man. Fucking Zack Snyder. Yeah, well, because it wasn't in the original script and the actor hated it. The actor hated everything. Mm-hmm. Also, why would he hate the most the fucking Teen Titans cartoon was on for like 10 years? So many fans of Cyborg come from that. Yeah, no, but he it, it, it was like, I'm not like the, the the quote about it is like crazy too. Like he equated saying booyah to like minstrel shows and stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I feel you've gone too far into booyah. It's because the cartoon guy says it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, garbage pail kids. Um, it's better than garbage pail kids. So now we're at Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yep. Yeah, we are. <laughs> that seems to be right. That's, that's a. I can't see it. I can't see it fight. getting past No Holds Barred or Rambo: First Blood Part Two. And above that is Dune, and it's not getting past Dune, even though it does have some odd comparables to it. <laughs> um, the Phantom Menace. Wow. Yeah, it's like that's the ceiling. Is it above or below Phantom Menace? I would rather watch the Phantom Menace. I think the Phantom Menace at its best is better than the best parts of the Phantom Menace are better than any parts of the Eternals. I think that's probably right. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Here's a quote for you, MCU. <laughs> the Eternals. It's a little bit better than Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> Put that yeah, on your no, Blu-ray that's, box. That's, yeah, it's better than The Art of the Steel because it doesn't break the rules of its own universe that's well it kind of does i mean it kind of does but not in the same way (laughs) in very very strange ways unless unless it's not part of the mcu like it doesn't need to be but it is part of the mcu (laughs) they they make painstaking points to the fact that thanos is around and all that stuff that's the other thing too thanos turned out to just be buying humanity time when he got rid of half of us, he put the like the brain trust down to like four billion or whatever. So hmm. we like bought extra time before we hit eight billion intelligent lives on the planet again. Thanos was trying to, you know, sustain life. What about all the good things Thanos did? <laughs> and that's the other I, I was like, why couldn't like no one argued that when they were like, What about humans? They did good things or whatever else like that. I'd be like, No, like when you have like your little powwow with Arisham, the celestial, I'd be like, Hey, Arisham. I get it. You have your timeline and there's celestials and all that stuff. But every single seed you planted, every celestial seed you planted in the universe all got delayed by about 50% when Thanos wished half of the planet universe away. Humans, exclusively humans, put all those numbers back up to where they were supposed to be. So they like all of your other planets that got them back on track. So maybe give them a pass here. That's a good argument, I think, as to why, as to why the planet should be spared. Literally every single solitary seed planet was at 50%. Then a bunch of humans got back together and then moved them back up to where they were. Keith, that's uh, incredibly xenophobic of you to say. Uh, Totally discounting the work that Gamora and Rocket and Groot did in saving the universe. But it was humans' plans. They couldn't have done it without Gamora. Fine, so like 10 humans and three, like... And whatever, isn't Rocket also an experiment built by humans? No. Isn't he, though? No. That was kind of what they alluded to in the in the thing. 
Oh no, but I guess they're like space humans, so they're not real humans. There's other species that Mm -hmm. look like humans. Yeah. That's fair. Because Peter Quill is like the only spacefaring human. Anyway. And also, are they going to backtrack the fact that they say Ego is a celestial? Or Ego says he's celestial. He could be lying. That would be on brand. Or he's just using the word differently. I mean, he also could be lying, though, because he's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Real piece of shit, living planet. I went down an Ego the Living Planet rabbit hole after that. I was like, if he wasn't a celestial, turns out he was like a scientist who fused himself into a planet. He's been all over the he's been all over the place in the MCU. Ugh. They they undid the um uh Agents of Shield from the MCU with the Hawkeye TV series. Do they? How so? Yep. So at the end of the Hawkeye series, uh Spoiler, spoiler, you find out that Hawkeye's wife was Bobby Morse, the Mockingbird. Right. Oh, yeah, and there's a Mockingbird in S.H.I.E.L.D. There's a Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who's on the show for two seasons. Wow. Whose name is Bobby Morse and who does not have anything to do with Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye, but definitely does meet Sif from Asgard. So that's all kinds of weird. Yeah, I guess they're, they're, they're just going to turn that into Legends of Marvel like they did with all the books. Star Wars books. Uh, I don't know how much of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. y'all watch, but I'm just going to say that Coulson imagined all of it while he was in Tahiti, which is a nice place to visit. That was when he was dead? Yeah. Like, he, he, he was like bleeding died. out from the Avengers, he imagined. And then the, the going on. Tahiti was like a, a healing, mind wiping place mm-hmm. that S.H.I.E.L.D. had introduces in the show. Yeah. There you go. Oh. Uh, I thought you died. No, I went to Tahiti. It was a nice place to visit. And it was basically like a weird... Regeneration brain thing. reset thing. Regeneration brain washing spy thing. Yeah, and that's all he can remember. I didn't watch any Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anyway. Season 1 was fun. And then it gets weird. I think it was Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.